0: When hope came yeah. down. You know, everybody, everybody wonders. Uh, what, what do you wonder about? Do you, uh, maybe when you get old, you wonder about how much longer you've got left. Maybe when you're young, you wonder, will I ever get married? Maybe if you're married, you wonder, will I have children? Uh, maybe you wonder about loved ones. Maybe you wonder, will, will it, what kind of life will my children have, or my children's children? Will it work out for my grandchildren? Or maybe you're here this morning and you wonder about big things like how many stars are there in the sky you know maybe you wonder about how did it all get started where did did it all come from you know is there such a thing as God why do why do bad things happen to good people I, I wonder about that I can't figure that out maybe you wonder about more immediate things. I don't know, maybe you're wondering how long is he going to speak? How long before I can get out of here? <laughs> maybe maybe there's a big present under a tree and you're wondering, wow, what's in the box? Maybe your wondering is a little bit more immediate. <laughs> but the truth is, we all wonder. You wonder, I wonder, and it's uniquely human. Uh, I think it's probably, I'm a theist, obviously, I, we're here to celebrate the God. Thing and, and I believe that one of the greatest things God has given me and, and you is the ability to wonder. I guess if you're not a theist, you probably think one of the greatest gifts of natural selection then is that we have the ability to wonder. Um, there was a person who looked at the sky and, and they wondered, you know, uh, how there can be an infinite amount of stars. I mean, there can't be an infinite Constant. if you know what I'm saying. People once upon a time thought the universe was just so large, and yet it seemed infinite. But if you're going to have an infinite actual, uh, that actually doesn't make sense from a philosophical point of view. You can't have something that's infinite, but that's actual. If it's actual, you have to be able to count it. And then a fellow by the name of Edward Hubble, some of you would be aware of this, Edward Hubble, um, Developed the telescope and he realized that the universe was not an actual, but it was constantly expanding, and that therefore we can have an infinite universe because it's growing all the time and he actually in the early 1930s took Albert Einstein to his to his telescope and he said look and he convinced uh, this guy that the universe is constantly expanding it's where we got the whole big bang theory from we thought well then the universe had a start point and how did it all get started and they came up with a big bang theory and someone wondered about that and thought that would be a great idea for a television series and uh the rest of history, as they say. <laughs> but you know, how we wonder is um, determined by our, our frame of reference. We all look through a window. You all, every one of you, have a frame of reference, and your frame of reference is different to mine. Your frame of reference causes you to determine what's worthwhile hoping for, what's not, how you should behave, not how you actually behave, but how you should behave, uh, what's important, what's not important, what's fair what's not fair, Uh, and most of us have developed this frame of reference from our families, from the the way we've grown up. And the thing is, that frame of reference doesn't answer any questions for us, but it does cause us to find the answers because we can see so much. It restrains our answers. As I said, you have a frame of reference, I have a frame of reference, and our frames of reference through which we view the world are different now, I don't know everybody in the room, obviously, but maybe you grew up with what you would define as a religious frame of reference. Maybe you grew up coming to church and, uh, and maybe you had questions, and you know, don't ask hard questions, you know, just believe, don't ask difficult questions, just believe. And what happens is that you have an experience that doesn't line up with your worldview, and you start to wonder, and wondering can lead to to wandering wandering can lead to fear many to, many of you would understand that many of you have wondered in the fear wondering can lead to faith wondering can help you find god but wondering often just leads to more wandering <laughs> and so you start thinking well this isn't making sense to me you know uh, this this religious thing this god thing this church thing And so you start coming up with different answers and you don't even know really that you're wandering until you sit somewhere on a different point of reference, a different frame. And then you start to think a different way. There was a guy in the Bible who completely changed the way he thought. And uh, his name was Paul. And he made this ridiculous statement that I want to just focus on and give give ourselves a couple of moments to contemplate for a minute this morning. He says this, Thank God for the gift, too wonderful for words. Thank God for the gift, too wonderful for words. It's so full of wonder that I can't even describe it. Now, I'm not going to try if Paul can't describe the incredible gift that has caused us to congregate here this morning, that will cause multiplied millions of people around the world today to stop whatever they're doing and gather in places like this that stops stock exchanges and, and government services and businesses all around the world. It's almost indescribable, too wonderful for words. So what I'm gonna do for just 10 minutes or so is try to explain to you Paul's frame of reference so you can see why when he looked at Jesus in the manger, when he contemplated the gift of Christmas, he couldn't even fathom words. He was a highly intelligent, very articulate man, but he couldn't fathom words. And I wonder if that's because of the nature of Jesus. I mean, Jesus is God in flesh. We sing the song "God in flesh." The Godhead, we can see it now. God becomes a baby. How do you describe that? I mean, how do you get words when we live in a material world that understand the spiritual? How do you get words to comprehend something that has no limit to its power when everything we have has power limits to it? How do you contemplate the eternal when your frame of reference is merely the temporal if you think about the nature of Jesus Christ it's not difficult to understand why Paul. Uh, uh, as I look at this it's so wonderful I struggle with words to describe it but maybe it was the purpose in which he came not just the nature of Christ but the reason that he came to this earth 2,000 years ago the angel appears to Joseph Mary's betrothed um and says this and she will have a son speaking of mary and you will name him jesus for he will save the people from their sins what a crazy thing to say to a man living in palestine 2000 years ago he didn't need saving from his sins he was a jew they already had a sin saving mechanism called the temple they'll go in and offer sacrifices it was all organized all sorted out and it worked quite fine they needed saving from the Roman Empire. The, 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 uh, uh, the Roman Empire had rolled into town, if you like. had steamrolled over the top of all of them and they wanted someone to come and save them from that pain. And Jesus turns up with a purpose. I'm here to save you from your sin. How many people go, oh, that's amazing. I desperately need saving from my sin. No one thinks that. If I told you you're going to get saved from your debt, you'd go, yay. <laughs> if I said you're going to get saved from your in-laws today, some of you might go, oh, I'm with you, brother. <laughs> but who is desperate to be saved from their sin? Maybe you think my brother needs saving from his sin. He's in a bad way. Or, or, or my, you know, my, my uh, loved one, whatever they might happen to be, they need saving from their sin, but I pretty much got it together. Here's the thing. We all understand behavior that destroys human relationships. We don't define it as sin, but you've experienced it. You've been estranged from people that once you were close to because of things that happened. Those things we define as sin. Here's the the point. When Jesus came as a baby, he didn't come to forgive us only. He came to deliver us from from the very thing that caused the problem in the first place. It's kind of like... How do you get words for that? Paul's contemplating this. It's kind of like, I feel inadequate to be able to communicate it. and All I'm doing is giving you his frame of reference through which he wondered. Maybe it was the motive in in which Jesus came. What what caused him to come? Uh, Today, we've given and exchanged gifts. And my my family, we've met together, and we've given gifts to one another. and, and, And the truth is, most people who we give gifts to, there is some kind of uh, some kind of claim on my life, you know. They're, they're kind of they're related, or I have some obligation to them, and I've bought them a gift, and I've received a gift from them. And that's pretty much how we work. Even if we give to people who have got nothing to do with us, but they're down on their luck, there is a sense of obligation that we, who are fortunate to have to those who maybe don't have on a day like today. But here's the thing. When God came, his motive, there was, no, he, there was no sense in which he owed us anything. He came purely out of love. In fact, Paul said this, he was wondering all this. He said, why were we yet sinners? In other words, why we were turning our back on him, why we would effectively put our finger in his eye and dialed a number, right? Why, why we would spat on him, why we wanted nothing to do with him. He came and gave us himself. His motive, was indescribable his motive was love it may not have been the nature of the gift it may not have been the uh the purpose of the gift or or indeed uh uh what the gift was about its motive but but what about the effect of the gift think about the effect of this gift that happened two thousand years ago did you know this gift split time Um, every time you write your birth date you declare the birth of jesus christ maybe you didn't even realize that Because all of time was split into two, hasn't it? Into AD and BC. So profound was this coming. I mean, in modern man, in all his intelligence, he's been able to split the atom. But Jesus split time. (laughs) Jesus came and created AD and BC. The effect that he's had on our Western civilization, I tell you this morning, you will find difficult to comprehend when Jesus came, there was no such thing as a non-government organization. There was no such thing as charity. There was no such thing as one government give, giving aid to another government. If one country threw another country down on its luck because of a natural disaster or some other matter, that country wouldn't help that country. That country would take that country over. That's what Rome did. That's what, that's what the Greek uh, army did. That's what... Um, uh, nebuchadnezzar did that's what all national that's what all international powers did they didn't help nations they occupied nations then jesus came started to turn things around when jesus came women were not much more than channels i'm sorry ladies children children was something that you had for purely the purpose of passing on your heirs uh, passing on your estate and uh and uh, uh your name children were not loved but Jesus came and he said suffer the little children to come Jesus came and he said love others as you love yourself Jesus came and he taught ideas that sowed themselves into the psyche of society and now help govern the world in which we live this is indescribable folks that the effect on this the effect that this day had two thousand years ago on yours and my life today is difficult to get words to understand in um, the gospel of john he calls jesus the word he said the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us and the word he uses for word is the word logos he says in the beginning was the logos was the greek word and we derive our word logic from that same word logos some of you are here this morning and you're so, you might be thinking give me a watertight argument for christ give me a watertight argument for god the truth is there are very few if no watertight arguments for anything but what god gave us was a watertight person in jesus christ so so here is my here's the big thought right this is this is my invitation I want to invite you, if Jesus is not the center of your framework, if he's not the center of the way you view the world, I want to encourage you this morning, Christmas Day 2017, to put Jesus back in the center of your life, to put Jesus back in the center of your thinking. Look at the claims of Jesus. Look what he said. Look what he did. Look look at his death and his resurrection and ask yourself, who is this person and what are his effects on my life? I suggest he's the only human being in the history of mankind of which you have to make a decision about. You just can't say to yourself, Oh, well, you know, he might have just been a good person, or he just might have been, you know, a great teacher. He himself said he was the Son of God. You need to make your call about whether or not he has that claim over my life or not now you might say to me okay if it was just an academic exercise i would go there but i uh, i can't i can't you know uh, i've had this experience right i I, i've seen too many things did you know in the first um, rendition of christianity 2000 years ago nobody was asked to turn their back on what they'd seen and what they experienced that's something of the 21st century folks or the 20th century i might add you don't have to turn your back on what you've experienced you don't have to turn your back on what you've seen but you do have to acknowledge there may be a a fatal flaw in your worldview. there may be a fatal flaw in in the things and in the way that you see the world because let's be honest folks over our life things change and once upon a time we got things right when i was a kid My mother used to take me to get my hair cut and I used to scream. I love my hair. (laughs) And then I grew up and now I take myself to get my hair cut. Once upon a time, something upset me. Now, it's something I know that's what I have to do. And you've experienced the same. You've experienced a change in your worldview. Once upon a time, you thought, that's the girl for me. That's the boy for me. And now you're thinking, how do I get away from them? (laughs) Once upon a time, you thought, I've just got to have this. And now you've got it. You think, man, how can I get rid of it? Once upon a time, you thought, I can't believe they said that. I can't believe they did that. Then you got a little bit more information. And what happened? Now, all of a sudden, you go, oh, gee, I understand. Oh, I feel really bad that I thought that about them. And your frame of reference changed because the information that you had had grown. See, God did something really extraordinary at Christmas 2,000 years ago. He gave us an unequivocal point of reference. He gave us something that never changes and something that is watertight, something that I'm inviting you this morning to have a look at, contemplate, consider, and then make decisions on concerning the rest of your life. What else do you have? Who else can you rely on? What else can you put your trust in? God did an extraordinary thing before we figured out so much about science and before we understood so much about medicine that we do today he gave us a frame of reference now maybe what happened to you and i know there's a lot of people in this room that once upon a time came to church but you don't come much anymore you're here today and god bless you i'm so glad you're here but maybe what happened right maybe you got involved in stuff and you just got sick and tired of feeling guilty and someone said something and you thought that's right i don't have to feel guilty about this If loving you is wrong, I don't want to be right, you know? This this is not so bad. Everyone else is doing it. And so you thought to yourself, that's it. I'm over with God. I'm over with this church thing. I'm over with all of that religious stuff. But there was something nagging, isn't there, deep down in here. And you just can't seem to kick it. You just can't seem to turn your back on it. Or maybe something went horribly wrong. Maybe you were told this as a kid growing up. You were told, you know, if you do the right thing then the right thing will always happen by you. Then some wrong stuff happened. And you thought, well, what about this? And someone said, you don't have enough faith. Or someone said to you, you know, oh, well, don't even worry about that. You know, God is good. God is good. It's just sort of this, this, this platitude we put over everything. Oh, God is good. And you deep them inside, so you said, no, God ain't good. If God is good, then why does this happen if he's got so much power? And you started to wonder, right? You started to wonder concerning the frame of reference that you grew up with. And your wandering became wandering. And it has to. Because ultimately, your behavior must line up with your frame of reference. You have no choice. And then you settled somewhere else. But the truth is, if you want to think deeply about it, it doesn't make much sense either. See, what I want to ask you this morning is... Where did you have your eyes when you wandered? See, maybe you, you, someone said, you, oh, you've got to go to church, you know. You've got to be at church every, every week. Don't miss church. And stuff happened in church. And you weren't so impressed with what happened in church, right? And so you started wandering, getting involved in other stuff. And, or, or, or maybe you kept your eyes on, on a person, and that person let you down. Maybe they said, keep your eyes on the pastor, you know. He's a really nice guy. <laughs> and... Uh, he, you know, he's like he reads my mind every week. I come along, and he knows what I'm thinking. Keep your eyes on him, but he turned out to be flawed as well. Or maybe you're keeping your eyes on the Bible, and someone said, The things of the Bible, well, they're not necessarily so. Or maybe you had your eyes on your experience, and it didn't go as, as you'd prayed and as you'd believed, and as you were told, it would go if you had faith. And so you started to wonder, and your wondering led to wandering. And your frame of reference changed. Can I invite you this morning? Don't look at, a, don't, don't look at the book. Don't look at the institution. Don't look at a person. Can I, inv- can I invite you this morning? Jesus never let you down. You have to keep your eyes on Jesus. This is all about Jesus. See, I just got this hunch that says somewhere along the line, you didn't have your eyes on Jesus. And I also want to suggest to you that this life, there is too much pressure and there is too much pleasure that if you got your eyes on anything else, the pleasure and the pressure will take over. If you got your eyes on a thing, or on an experience, the pleasure and the pressure will take over. Christianity, folks, does not begin with a philosophy. Christianity does not begin with a theology. It does not begin with an organization. It does not begin with behavior. Christianity begins with a person, and that person's name is Jesus, and Jesus is the focus and the source of all that we have and believe so if the magicians want to join me we're nearly done i'm nearly going to say it's all over and you can get out of here <laughs> and get about your day and have a great day with your family and have a great day opening presents or a great day feasting or whatever it is that you've got planned but i really really want to challenge you i really do i don't want just to be like a form a, a, a ceremonial thing that we do on a special day like today I really want to ask you this morning, have you had your eyes on Jesus? Did you keep your focus on him and what he said and what he did and how he behaved and not on what people said he said and not on what others did or didn't do and not on what you had hoped for and and, and it didn't come about the way you thought it was going to and then someone tried to explain it away and it didn't make sense to you either. But keep your eyes on Jesus. The author of Hebrews calls him the finisher of our faith. But not just the finisher, the beginner, the origin of it. He is the perfecter of our faith and he is also the origin and the beginner, the beginning of our faith. And Paul wrote those words. Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift he had his eyes where they needed to be firmly on Jesus Christ the Son of God let's bow our heads together we're going to pray Father I thank you today that we can gather in a place like this in a day like today and we can remember Jesus and the joy and the peace that he's brought to this world to my heart, to the heart of my family, to the hearts of the men and women and the boys and girls of this church. Lord, I, and I know today that there is joy and peace just waiting to flood into the hearts of people who are here in this room right now. Right now. All you've got to do is turn to Him. Just turn to Him. Why are heads about and why are closed? I mean, just, just, just really pregnant moment really important moment There's, God wants to just do something right now in your life here's the amazing thing you can turn to him and be in the centre of his will in that very moment you haven't got to give up this you haven't got to, you haven't got to sort that out you haven't got to get, get this right you can turn to him and be in the centre of his will yeah. right now if you're in this room this morning I don't know you've turned away from him whatever reason you've, you've wandered and then wandered <laughs> For whatever reason, I can tell you now, Christmas 2017, Jesus is here with his arms open wide. Yeah. He's saying, come back to me. Come back to me. I'm the author and the finisher of your faith. I'm the beginning and the end. I know stuff's happened. I know people let you down. I know institutions didn't do what they were supposed to do. I know, uh, I, I know were your hopes and dreams. Well, I, I get it. I get it. But come to me. I've never let you down. While we're in this moment of prayer, while our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, if you want me to pray for you this morning, if you say to me, John, I want to turn my eyes to him. I want to turn back to Jesus today. I want to turn to him for the first time today. Just so I know to include you in my prayer, so I know who I'm praying for. I want you this morning to right now have the courage of your convictions and say, "I, I, I want to turn my eyes to him. Christmas Day 2017 I want to turn my eyes Him. If that's you just simply take your right hand give me a wave so I know who to pray for this morning. God bless you. I'm going to pray for you this morning that's you. God bless you. Anybody else this morning you give me a wave and say yeah that's me. I'm going to pray for you as well. You can put your hand down. Thank you I see your hand there that's great. Anybody else want to just give me a wave and say yeah that's me. I'm going to pray for you right where you are this morning. I'm not going to ask you to move. I'm not going to ask you to stand up. I just want to pray for you right where you are. If that's you you need to turn your eyes to Him that you just want give me a wave I'm going to pray for you as well Amen Father right now Lord you know the hearts that are open to you and uh, you know the minds that have wandered and wandered and I pray Lord right now that as the mind is arrested and brought back to you that the spirit and the rest of the life would follow in Jesus name everybody said amen amen, amen.